You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie, and we are glad to be in the studio with you today. Mark Bird is my co-pilot. Hello again. Hey, Angie. Oh, I'm excited about starting this new series because we're going to be talking about the God Box. Now, there's many things that can come to your mind when you think the God Box, but today we're going to talk about how we create the God Box. Are you ready for this? I am. What's interesting, Angie, is the fact that do we really create a box for God or can we? I'm going to say, yeah, because I know how I am. And sometimes <laughs> I have this cute little box that I put God in because I feel like maybe that's all he can do. Hmm. But that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I want to start out with a very challenging scripture. And this is one that God led me to, as you know. And he said, this is the one you need to read because this is what God is saying to us. And it's back in Isaiah chapter 46. We're going to start reading verse five. With whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared? Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire the goldsmith and make it into a god. They bow down and worship it. They lift it on their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place and there it stands. From that spot, it cannot move. Even though someone cries out to it, it cannot answer. It cannot save them from their troubles. And verse eight, remember this, keep it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Ooh, there's God with some strong words coming in. That's some good stuff, Angie. And I think it's obvious and apparent that this is mankind. We have always, always. tried to put God in a box. Always. And it's so not healthy for us, which we're going to talk about. And I know you have more scripture. God's not just, I think he says this quite a few times in the Bible. Where else? Yeah, we could probably do this uh, uh, 10 or 15 times, but going back in Isaiah 40 and verse 18, it says, to whom then will you liken God or what likeness will you compare to him? The workman molds a graven image and the goldsmith overspreads it with gold and the silversmith cast silver chains down to verse 25 to whom then will you liken me or to whom will i be equal says the holy one yeah same thing it sounds a little like he's trying to get his point across to very strong words to isaiah absolutely so he's i think he's crying out don't try to put me in a box yeah absolutely and i know these words weren't directed at isaiah but isaiah was supposed to deliver these words to people who were basically creating other images now you might say that's the old testament mark we don't do that anymore do oh, we god forbid we would never <laughs> do that right and we just say this all the time at least i know i have done this like oh those silly israelites yeah like look how what they did. silly were they like well you know God had to rebuke them all the time. <laughs> Thank God I'm not like them. And Or I'll sit there and say, they had God in their midst and they chose to do this. And I'm like convicted immediately that God is in our midst now. Amen. <laughs> he is. And we. there's nothing new under the sun. We all 
try to put God in a box. So let's talk about this box that we put it put God in and what does it look like? I mean, really practically, I know that a lot of times we create a box out of fear. Mm. Uh, we fear that God can't handle it. So there we go. We put him in a little box because he's not big enough to handle our problems, right? How about the what ifs, Angie? Well, what Ooh. if God doesn't? Oh, yeah. And that creates fear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How about when we have preconceived ideas of who God is? Ooh. Like he's mad at me, or he's trying to punish me, or he's doing this and that and the other thing. How about those preconceived ideas that make us put him in a box? And you bring this home to faith, Angie. What it does is it paralyzes our faith. It does. Fear will paralyze our faith. And sticking God in a box that says, you can only love me and you can only accept me this much, mm. that is putting God in a box. Because, you know, that's, I think, the hardest lesson for people to understand is that when you're forgiven, you are completely forgiven. When he says you're loved, you are completely loved. There's no box to that. There's no walls to that. And can we limit God's love toward us, Angie? No. So there's no, yeah, no box. No Amen. box. Amen. All right. We do want to go to one more scripture. And Angie, I'm going to ask you to read this. This is straight out of Romans 1. So here we are going into the New Testament. Yeah. And mine says that it's all about God's anger at sin. Ooh. And so we're going to start in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, where he says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God, right? We can look everywhere around us and see God. Isn't Amen. that the truth? That All right, is. Let's skip down to verse 22. He says, claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools, and instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. <laughs> wow. Okay, we don't do that oh, at all. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, we can talk about that in a minute. In verse 25, it says, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise Amen. Okay, so we may not have people and birds and animals and reptiles, but we can have people in the way of idolizing celebrities. Right on. We can have food or some sort of other addiction. We can have pride. There Ooh. are so many idols that we create. Well, we could do a whole lesson on idols, but we don't want to do that because I think God can speak to us and tell us what idols we're putting before him. And that's the key. We're putting things before God. Right. And that takes me right to the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20. And so what is the very first thing that God introduces and says as he's ready to lay out the Ten Commandments? He said, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous, jealous God. God. And what does he say on that for? Because does that mean, is he green with jealousy? No. Mm -mm. It means that I really want to be with you. Right. It's like a jealous boyfriend. Right. He yeah. wants to only have you and that's it. And I know that's a really rudimentary kind of comparison. But yeah, when he's jealous for us, he wants our time and our attention and that special place that we can come to to just be with him. 
And no, we go and we search it out. We find other pleasures of the world, and those things take away our focus on God. And so let me introduce this thought for just a second, Angie. What about our worship? He wants our worship, and I think people would agree to that. God wants our worship. Yeah. But let's frame that around the word affection. Mm. God wants our affection. Is worship affection? I think worship takes on a lot of different ways. It can be affection. Yeah. How much do we show affection for God? Right. Can you fathom? Can you take God out of the box to say, God, you really want some affection from me? So what you're saying is the box we create in worship just looks like a little box, but we should have a way bigger box. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think what we want to try to accomplish today is kick the walls down of our boxes. Yeah. And get God out of that box. And so when you try to wrap around, try to wrap your mind around describing God or worshiping him even, yeah, right, you put him in a box so that, hey, I got him, I have him trapped or whatever. And you know what? In my mind, I keep picturing one of those pretty little gift boxes that mm. someone might put cards in or things like that. And there's this beautiful package that we create that is God's box. And that's where we put him for safekeeping. And that is not who God is, right? Right, right. not (laughs) at all. When you say worship, I mean, this really hits home. As a worship leader, my heart is to have people engage with God as they worship Him. That's right. But so often, they see people around them, and they don't want to look foolish, and boom, they're creating a box. And they don't want to step out of their comfort zone, boom, they just put God in another box. I mean, this is... This is something that happens to all of us. It happens to me every time I want to share. I I just want to talk to people and say, did you know God loves you? When every time I put myself or my wants before God and Mm. his wants, then I'm creating a box for God. I love it, Angie. It takes me right when we're talking about worship. In this context, it takes me right to Romans 12, 1. Uh, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And in the NIV, it says it is your reasonable act of worship. Mm, That's what God wants. He wants us to present ourselves, not just our bodies, okay, but our whole stuff. He wants us to present ourselves. That's what worship is. Yeah, amen. You've probably experienced that, Angie. What God wants from us is just all of us. And that doesn't mean you have to be jumping around and raising your hands and singing. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about just letting everything else go Mm. and saying, here I am, I'm yours. Yes. And when we fling our arms out and say, it's all yours, guess what we're doing, Mark? We're smacking open those sides of the box. Yes, we are. (laughs) Yes, we are. I love that picture. It is great. Because that's what we want to do today. We want to kick down the walls of the box. We want to smack down them walls with our arms. We want to just let God in. And I love the idea of kicking down the walls. Let's talk about the cover of the box. The lid. (laughs) The lid. So often... We think our prayers are only going up to the lid. Right. And they're not going anywhere else. When God says, the lid is off. That's it. You have a direct access to me as my child. You can come to me with anything. There's no lid, right? There's no glass ceiling. There's no secret handshake. Ooh. Ooh, right? That's good. (laughs) It's a direct access to God. So that lid sometimes keeps us in a box with God and we feel like we're safe, but that's not it. Right. The veil, as it were, was torn in two. We now have access 
to the Father because of what Jesus did. And he did that so that we could have access to the Father. There is no lid. There is no ceiling anymore. It's removed. It's ripped apart. Can we talk about our belief and how much we believe creates the size of our lid? Oh, it does. I mean, that's the truth. Sometimes we put a lid on God in the box because we feel like he can only do so much. Right. Do we believe that he is nothing but everything? Like he can do the impossible, what we think is impossible. I mean, even Mary, the spirit visits her, the angel visits her and says, you're going to have a baby conceived by the Holy Spirit. Right. And she goes, okay, I'm your servant. How does anybody believe that? I mean, I'm saying not being to be facetious, she had incredible faith that she believed something that was absolutely impossible. And I think he even said, with God, all things are possible. Yeah, it's awesome. Angie, you're, you're talking about Luke chapter 1, verse 37. And the angel said to Mary, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Take the lids off, take the walls down, because God will do this. So what you're saying is that God can heal my body. Yes. God can restore my marriage. Now, I know that that has to deal with people and their wills as well, but God can do anything. God is capable. That's the thing we have to believe. Yes. He's capable. But here's the other thing that I think people need to hear, that God loves us so much that he wants to do the impossible in our life. And I think we forget in our, when our, forgetting our identity, that he wants to do the impossible, that he loves us enough, that he cares for us enough, that we are carriers of his spirit, that he wants to do the impossible and blow the doors off of our boxes as well. Yeah. And Angie, I'm bringing this home to time to revive things of going out and sharing this good news with other people. And I'm reminded of the story in Luke 18, where Jesus is talking to the rich young ruler, and the rich young ruler says in verse 26, and those who have heard it said, who then can be saved? And I love Jesus's answer here. And he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And it's the same exact thing what we're talking about here. Like, wait a minute. Well, then, well, then, well, then who could be saved? And he's saying, listen, that may seem impossible to you, but with God, all things are possible. And that's what I want you to focus on. And I think that's what God wants us to focus on. Don't look at the finiteness of a box. Like, don't look at the walls of your mind even, but think outside the box. I know that you said this uh, at some other point when, because we have a lot of discussions even off the air, so I'm yeah. not even sure anymore when we discussed it. But I know that you were talking about how we describe God to someone who doesn't know who God is. How do we take somebody like God who's so infinite and how do we describe him in practical terms to people? Help me with that. Yeah, that is great because that is where we try to describe God and we try to explain it. And then we have, and I think people do this. That's when they create these idols and these images trying to wrap their minds around God, right? Sure. And, and I can understand why it's so easy to put him in a box at that point. Because yeah. you're trying to describe him. 
I think so too, Angie, and I think that's why men have struggled with it in the Old Testament and men still struggle with it today, because it is that, because we're human and we're contained to our flesh, but yet God is a spirit. So that's the route that we need to go in. Yes. Is that we need to come from our testimony. I think this is the key. Mm. If we're trying to explain God, let's explain what he's done in our lives, That's because it. that is real and that is tangible. And we can share what he, we've seen him do in our own lives. Our testimony is so powerful. Man, I love that series, The Power of a Testimony in a Transformed yeah. Life, because this is the truth. We have this incredible testimony. So all you need to do is explain to someone what God has done in your life and how he has done these things. And let the Holy Spirit do the rest. That's right. And he's promised to do that for us. So there you go. You don't have to take a big God and put him in a little box to help somebody understand him. The truth is your testimony is all you need. So I love this discussion on the God box. Today we talked about creating the God box and how we do that and how we should stop doing that. We're going to take some time for a testimony. And on the line with us today is Bob Warren. He comes to us straight from All Glaze County, Ohio. And I love to say that because that's where I'm from. Bob, welcome to the show today. Well, thank you for having me. Amen. And Bob, we appreciate you being on here because, of course, uh, you're a very special friend to me. You've put up with me for many, many, many years. Too many for me to count and say on the air, so it'll give too much away. But Bob, tell us where you're from and tell us what church you serve at. I'm from uh, St. Mary's, and uh, I'm from Shekinah Temple. I've been here for over 37 years in St. Mary's. I'm a worship leader and also the associate pastor. Bob, today, here's something we want to talk about, and I want to hear your heart on this, and that is the God box, or actually today we want to talk about putting God in a box. First of all, Bob, have you ever experienced in your Christian walk people that put God into a box? Oh, it's every day you see people putting God in a box. They're limiting, limiting him because, you know, the word says now unto him, it's able to do exceeding abundant above that which you think or ask according to the power that works in you. And that, that just takes the parameters off of God. You know, the word says with God, all things are possible. They're impossible to man, but not impossible with God. God is the creator. So if he needs to do something, he, he can create something if he has to. You know, the traditions of men make the word of God to none effect. So, you know, when we put God in a box, we're limiting him. So, Bob, question right away that comes up is, why do you think we do that? Why do people create a box for God? Well, I think it's uh, the way we've been taught a lot of times. uh, You know, it's like, well, some people don't get healed. So, you know, we just say, well, God doesn't heal today. Or, you know, it's like, that's, you know, it's very difficult. We just can't see God, you know, going that far, you know, and uh, it's just, you know, preconceived thoughts. And again, you know, I'm going to revert to this over and over, it's traditions of men. I think you're absolutely correct in that, Bob. One of the things that I think about in uh, the creating of a box for God, so then are we actually limiting God? Absolutely, we're limiting Him because we're setting the parameters where we think he can move. And every time you get out of the way and like God wants what he wants to do, just like with Revive, who would have thought four years ago we would have seen the churches in Glace County come together and work together? 
I mean, it was very rare that anything happened like that, let alone coming together for a whole week and sharing the gospel and agreeing, you know, on the foundational basics and going out and as a community and reaching the lost, you know, over the denominational barriers. So, you know, that in itself, I mean, if you would have, you know, said that to me four years ago, I'd say, well, you know, it's going to be difficult because all the denominational barriers are not here in Albany County, but God's bigger and he showed himself strong and brought the body of Christ together. So, Bob, let me ask you this. What do you think are the dangers of someone who continues time after time to put God in a box? Well, that's a that's a very loaded question because there's there's several things can happen. First of all, you know, you're you're limiting who God is to you and, you know, you're squelching the power of God. You're you're quenching the Holy Spirit because when you're saying or acting like he can't do more than that, you're just you're squelching you know, what he wants to do in your life and the lives of others, you know, as a pastor, if you're only thinking that, you know, God can bring this amount of people when God wants to bring twice that many to the event or whatever, you know, you're putting God in a box. You're limiting the hand of God. What I think is interesting, Bob, as I sit and listen to you talk about that, and I think about the listeners out there that are thinking, hmm, I never thought of it that way before. But, you know, right away what comes to my mind is the scripture that says that uh, without faith— that it is impossible to please God. And so when you're talking about limiting God, people go, well, God is God, and he can do anything that he wants to do. And while that is absolutely true, it says without faith, we cannot please God. I mean, it is impossible to please God. So when you think about us limiting God, you know, that is that concept is just like seems blasphemous, but the truth is without faith, we can't please him. And so if we don't have the faith to believe that he could do something for us in our lives, in the lives of someone else, then we truly are limiting God. What do you think about that, Bob? Absolutely. And you know, the word says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith without works is dead. And anything that's not a faith is sin. So where do you fall in that category when you're putting God in a box, when you're limiting him in your life? You know, it's just like somebody's praying for a new vehicle. And it's like, Lord, just give me one to get me by. But God says, no, I want to give you a great vehicle that's dependable, that's economical. It's not going to bring you hardship time after time because you're putting that vehicle in a shop. That's what God wants to do in every aspect of our life. You know, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm come that you can have life and have it more abundantly. So as we trust God by our faith, we get out there and and say, okay, God, I'm taking you out of the box. I'm going to do what you want me to do. If you tell me to believe for 100 people, I'm going to believe for 100 people. And if you tell me to believe for 1,000 people, I'm going to do that. If you tell me to believe for $500, I'm going to believe for $500, not just enough to, to get the groceries and and, and a few bills this week. I'm going to get what you want so I can have more than enough so I can give it to other people so I can sow into the kingdom so I can, you know, advance what you want to do. So it's really tied to our faith, Bob, is what I think I hear you saying. Absolutely. 
So thinking about this, Bob, when you're trying to describe something based upon our human knowledge, our human intellect, and the way that we try to describe something that affect our five senses, okay, what you have to do in order uh, as a human to try to comprehend something is you have to kind of draw a box around it in order to try to describe it. So like in context of what we do with Revive, we're trying to go out and share the love of Christ, for example. And we talked about recently the fruit of the Spirit, right? How could you put a box around any of the fruit of the spirit, right? How do you put a box around love? How do you put a box around joy? How do you put a box around peace? But in describing God, that's sometimes what we end up doing is creating a box. And then in our humanness, we try to describe God based upon what that box is that we've created even in our own minds. And so that's part of what we do, I think, just as humans to try to describe it. Because God is so infinite, because he is, you cannot contain him. Uh, but I think sometimes we minimize what God is and we minimize what he can do. And Bob, that's just relating it to our humanness. But Bob, how have you seen God move that it went beyond what you could ask or think or even imagine about God? Can you share an experience, Bob, where you saw God just do the impossible? Well, I just want to go back to Revive here in Guys County in October of 2016 when, you know, I was believing God that God was going to bring unity to the church, and he did. And, you know, little did I know that you know, I, I figured there was going to be people saved, obviously, that week. But, you know, 235 people accepted Christ that week. There's people in all Glace County that has been forever changed. And an example of that is Pastor Kent, who does courtside ministries, and he's out there every week. I mean, it's forever transformed people. I mean, the way they share the gospel is just, is just awesome. And, you know, that was above and beyond what I was thinking would be happening I mean, God just blowed me out of the water, and he's blowed me out of the water so many times. You know, you're talking about the love, you know, the praise of the Spirit. And, you know, I think one of the ways that we put love in the box, it's like, you know, when we're reaching out, it's like, well, that person's all tatted up, man. He's got tattoos all over. You think Jesus loves him? Yes, he does. And, you know, it's like, or that person don't, don't look like we do, or that person don't smell good or whatever. And the love of Jesus is just, it just goes everywhere because it's his will that none perish, but all come to repentance. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The love just, you know, people put love in the box. It's like, you know, get out of your comfort zone and share the love, the love that covers a multitude of sins. Okay, Pastor Bob, I got one more question for you. How do you yeah. think that fear relates to people's belief system in God? Fear will stop everything. Fear fear in itself is it's like paralyzing. And it's very important to know the scriptures because perfect love casts out all fear. And we have God's love in our heart. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And God has not given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. That fear, if, if it's brought and if you meditate, entertain that fear, it will come, it be, become a stronghold in your life and it'll stop you. It'll stop you from witnessing. It'll stop you from, you know, all kinds of things uh, that God wants you to do. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that sometimes we're afraid to think that God can do the impossible. We want to say it. We want to preach it. We want to we want to go, yeah, amen. But then what if, I mean, that's the fear. What if he really is big enough to cure my cancer right now? What if he really is big enough to restore my marriage? I mean, there are things I think people are actually afraid of the outcome because they don't believe that God is big enough to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's more than enough and just, you know, get self out of the way. And I, I just I urge everyone out there to get in the word, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As we get in the word, you know, like if you're having trouble believing God for healing or whatever, get all the scriptures that you can find on healing, get the topical Bible, get, get references online or whatever, get, get whatever you need and just keep feeding that word in there because it's God's word that will not return void and it'll prosper in the thing he sent it. And I'm telling you, God said he honors his word above his name and his name is so powerful, but yet he honors his word above his name. Yeah, Bob, and I'm also thinking about this. I'm thinking about once you pour that in, man, it will build your faith. As you pour the word into your heart, faith will arise in your heart. And if faith arises in your heart, your belief in God or the the walls of your box will expand, uh, hopefully will collapse, and that you will trust God and believe him for more and allow him to work all that he wants to work in our lives. And of course, the focus and purpose of this is so that we can share that with others. But man, I'm super Amen. excited, Bob, for, for you joining us today and sharing your heart. You've encouraged me so many times over the years, and I'm super thankful that you were actually allowed to share with the other listeners that uh, tune into this. So this is Mark Bird. You've been listening to Time to Revive on Shine FM. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.